And this morning I'm going to start with, um, with a rap, okay? Not my rap, I didn't make up the words of this, here we go. What's wrong with the world, mama? People living like they ain't got no mamas. I think the whole world addicted to the drama, only attracted to the things that'll bring you trauma. Overseas, yeah, we're trying to stop terrorism, but we've still got terrorists here living in the USA, the big CIA, the Bloods and the Crips and the KKK. But if you only have love for your own race, then you only leave space to discriminate. And to discriminate only generates hate. And when you hate, then you're bound to get irate, yeah. Madness is what you demonstrate. And that's exactly how anger works and operates. Man, you've got to have love just to set it straight. Take control of your mind and meditate. Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all, y'all, and so on. Um, um, that was, um, for those of you who didn't recognise that, that was the Black Eyed Peas, Where Is The Love? Um, but they talk about, don't they, you know, if you, if you discriminate on race, then that always leads to hate. And racism is, uh, it's, it's massive. It's been in the media all this year. It's been quite a big topic, hasn't it? Um, there was the Luis Suarez and Patrice Evra affair, for those of you interested in football. No, no. They didn't have an affair. That wasn't what it was about. Um, Luis Suarez, the one in white, he, he said he, he used a, a racist term on the football pitch to Patrice Evra. Here's another incident in football. It's been happening all the time. Anton Ferdinand and uh, John Terry. Um, claims of racist um, words and abuse. Um, but it's, it's historical, isn't it? Racism just happened now, it happened in history all the time. Um, the slave trade, um, shocking. I remember learning about that in history. Watched a film called Kunta Kinte. Anyone remember watching that video? That's what I remember what it's called. That's who it was. Yeah, so he was in it. I can't remember what it's called. Roots. It was called Roots. Incredible video. Yeah. And what about racism? I remember learning about that. Um, but Hitler, he hated the Jews. Ooh. One second. He exterminated six million of them. Um, racism. And then in America, there was all the rules about where blacks couldn't use certain restaurants, um, couldn't go on buses or had to sit in certain seats. Um, but it, it goes further, doesn't it? Gingers. <laughs> they tend to um, assume there's a lot of abuse just because of the colour of their hair. Um, if you've been at school, you'll have definitely seen that kind of racism or been involved in it in some way, no doubt. Um, I'm, I'm going uh, to. Let's see. This is subject which um, I can assure you is something I have a real problem with. Um, so when I was at school, there was in one of my lessons, I think it was German lessons. Um, there were some girls with ginger hair, and I used to sing songs to them, um, changing the words of modern songs and applying it to them as people with ginger hair. Um, it's terrible, really, but that's that's what I used to do. Um, but it goes further. I remember um, this is Lois. This picture of Lois off beach. I remember um, a few years ago. I think my brother was about sixteen, so I can't remember how old I was. But he went out basically the only black girl in Lowestoft. And we were down the beach at the beach hut, and people would walk past the beach hut and they would just stare at her because they'd never seen someone who was black before in the, real, in the flesh. Um, racism is kind of is everywhere, I reckon. And I guess, if we're honest, we're all kind of casual when we think about racism, aren't we? And we make jokes. The European Championships football is on. A great chance for our xenophobia to come out, our hatred of other countries. Um, it's everywhere, isn't it? Um, but here's the, here's the kind of shocking thing. I reckon racism is basically says to someone, you are less human than me because of your skin colour or your hair colour. Or in the chapter in the Bible, say, because of circumcision, because of your culture. Racism seems to say to the person you're talking to that you don't deserve and can't have what I have. That's what racism's all about. And you don't deserve and can't have what I have. And I guess um, racism, if it continued in the church, which is what seemed to be happening here in Acts 10, then I couldn't have been a Christian, because I'm not a Jew. Um, you couldn't be Christians, if you're not a Jew. 
In fact, there'd be no non-Jewish Christians in the world if it had carried on as it did. Um, and I don't think that here we get the Jews were necessarily actively racist all the time, but they just assumed that God was for them and for no one else. That's what they assumed. Uh, they had a wrong perspective on themselves. They thought that they were superior, that somehow there was something special about them that meant that God liked them. But if you were here when we looked through Amos, and if you look through the whole of the Bible, you realise quite quickly there's nothing special about the Jews. Nothing special. They're terrible. And they, I think they also had a wrong perspective on God. They thought that God was a God who had favourites and didn't care for others. And um, see, if this hadn't changed, this wrong perspectives, then we would never have been offered the chance to spend eternity with Jesus in the new creation if this hadn't changed. So, so what changed? What changed? And well, what we're going to do now is, I'm going to hand over to Sina, we're going to have a little um, exercise where we look at some of the rules, not the rules in the Bible, but rules that the Jewish people made up um, to separate themselves out from Gentiles. And we'll see if you get a flavour of what they'd done to stop, and that would have affected the gospel spreading to other people. So I'm going to hand over to Selena. And I hope acting them out give you a real flavour for what was going on at the time. So, I mean, that last one's a great example, isn't it? They wouldn't let a Gentile even read the Bible. Um, they were excluded and treated like lesser people all the time, because the Jews thought the gospel was just for us. Um, these laws, they are not God's laws. Okay, these are laws that the Jews made up themselves. They're not God's laws. Let me be really clear on that. Um, but as you can see, if, if they had lived by these laws, there was no way that any Gentile could ever come to know God. When I had to read the Torah, um, everything was against them. Um, and you see, if Peter, um, who was one of the leaders in the early church, he, he basically believed this. This was his kind of mindset, it seems. And if you've been coming along to Sunday, you'll know that in Acts we've seen lots and lots of different people become Christians. And we've seen um, Philip, he preached to uh, Jewish people who were demon-possessed. Um, he healed paralytics and cripples. They all became Christians. They were Jewish. And he also spoke to a Jewish Ethiopian, and he became a Christian. And then remember, a couple of weeks ago when Sharma was speaking, we looked at Saul, um, who later became Paul. And he went around killing Christians. And yet... He became a Christian, but he was a Jew, a very religious Jew. But so far in Acts, the gospel has not gone to anyone who's a Gentile, a non-Jew. And so basically, it seems that Christianity so far in Acts, even all the way at chapter 10, is only for Jewish people. It's gone to all kinds of Jews, really, really bad Jews, who kill Christians like Saul, and people who are demon-possessed, but only Jews. And I think it's because they think the gospel is just for Jewish people. Um, here's another one of the racist laws. Um, just look in it. In it's in your Bible. Um, Acts 10, verse 28. This is what Peter says. This is another one of the laws they made up. It's not God's law. Uh, Peter says to them, verse 28, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. It's one of the laws they've made up. Against their law to associate with a Gentile or visit him. And if you look to just flip over to chapter 11 and verse 2, um, this is what happens when they find out he's gone to do this thing. Um, when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticised him and said, you went into the house of an uncircumcised man and ate with them. And they thought it wrong to even associate with a Gentile, let alone offer them salvation, rescue in Jesus. Uh, they would have taken one look at me, or you, and just walked on by. They'd have ignored us, 
not spoken to us because we're not of the Jewish race or culture. And so what changes Peter and the church since? How has the gospel spread across all the world to people of all colours, all hair types, all personalities, all ethnic groups, all cultures, all languages, even to Lower Stoft, even to Sheffield, to Nepal, all over the world? How has that happened? And I guess what's going to change us that we might be people who want to take the gospel to everyone? And what does God show Peter that we need to see also? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to read Acts chapter 10, verses 9 to 47. So can you do that in your groups, please? Well, the Jews thought the gospel was just for them. Um, And God wants us to know that the gospel is for all. God wants us to know the gospel is for all. Uh, And he begins to help Peter see this by giving him a vision. And his vision is there to show him that associating with Gentiles is fine. Um, He tells him in this vision that food, all of it is okay to be eaten. It's all, all clean. And therefore, all people can be considered clean. And the vision, I think, tells him what he knows already, but what he's failed to live out. And so just look at verse 11. Um, he saw heaven opened, and something like a large sheep being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth, and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter's vision is basically a buffet, okay? And it's quite like my dreams, I guess. It's a buffet, of all kinds of foods that in the Old Testament would have been considered um, unacceptable to eat. That's what the vision was. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a buffet of bacon sarnies, um, lizard baps, chicken volumons, all that kind of stuff. All things that um, you would never have had. Uh, and Peter is disgusted at the thought. And look what he says in verse 14. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. Peter's like, no way. No way. I've never eaten stuff like this, and I never will. He wouldn't be seen dead with that kind of food, in the same way he wouldn't be seen dead with any Gentile. Um, But look what God wants him to say, verse 15. The voice spoke to him a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. And three times this has to happen. Three times the buffet is opened. Three times he's commanded to kill and eat. And three times he's told to learn this lesson. Don't call anything impure God has made clean. Don't call anything impure God has made clean. Don't call anything impure that God has made clean. If God says you can eat it, you can eat it. And if God says that non-Jews can be saved... They can be saved. That's the lesson he's trying, God's trying to teach him. And this is what Peter needs to understand. I guess this is what we need to understand as well. Um, you can eat with anything, anyone, you can eat anything, and therefore anyone can eat with God. You can eat with anyone, you can eat anything, and therefore anyone can eat with God. And that means anyone can have a relationship with God. Because in the Bible, this idea of eating with someone is a real picture of relationship. That's what it's all about. If you eat with people, that shows you're in relationship. And it's a massive theme in the Bible. Um, you think about creation. Um, God makes the world and he tells them to eat. Enjoy the fruit of the garden, doesn't he? And what happens at the fall? Food is right there, isn't it? They eat the wrong food, don't they? Um, and you think about the rescue and the Passover. What do they have? They have a Passover meal to remember rescue. 
uh, food goes throughout the Bible. You think about Jesus, what does he do? What does he spend loads of his time doing? We looked at it a few weeks ago in Luke. He eats with people, all kinds of people, to show that God has fellowship with them. He has, can have relationship with them. And then you think about the new creation, where we're all going if we trust Jesus. It's a massive feast. Eating with God, having fellowship, relationship with God. And the point is, if you eat with someone, uh, that shows that you're welcomed and accepted, basically. And God shows Peter everyone can eat with him. No food is excluded and no people are excluded. Anyone of any race, with any hair colour, who speaks any language, who comes from any culture or country can be a Christian, accepted and welcomed by God. The gospel is for all. You see, people must become Christians if they're going to be saved. It's the only way to be saved. And it's offered to everyone. And straight away, um, after this vision, God organises a, a practical lesson for Peter to see if he's, he's got the picture, he's got the message. Um, Cornelius um, is this other guy who we're introduced to. Um, he's, had a, he's had a dream as well. And he sent his servants, um, because of this dream, to Peter's house. And just as the dream finishes, um, Cornelius' servants rock up. And um, Cornelius is a Gentile. And they invite Peter to come with them to meet Cornelius. And Peter has learned the lesson. Just look at verse 28. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. He gets it. And this guy, Peter, who's been steeped in all those laws we were talking about before... He finally grasps it. And he carries on to show how much he's grasped it in verse 34. Just look there. Peter began to speak. I now realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. Finally, Peter sees what God is like. We said at the start, racism is about thinking you're superior. But God doesn't have favourites. It's not what he's like at all. Um, God has always been a God who doesn't have favourites. God is a God who's always wanted people from all over the globe to know him and find salvation and rescue in Jesus. Uh, he finally gets it, Peter. And so he speaks to Jesus, uh, speaks about Jesus to this Gentile, this uncircumcised guy, Cornelius, this outsider. And Peter's got it. Have we got it? Anyone? Anyone from any culture, any country, any type can be a Christian. The barrier of race and culture is gone. The good news about Jesus can spread. And let's, let's see, that that's exactly what happened when Peter spoke about Jesus to Cornelius. Just look at verse 43. He's in the middle of his proclamation about Jesus. He says, all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Cornelius and his family, they hear about Jesus and they believe. And as soon as they believe, they receive God's Holy Spirit. God comes to live in them by his Spirit. So what's going on here. And 
And if God will live in these Gentile, uncircumcised believers, well, who is Peter or anyone to say that God's not for them, doesn't care about them, or to say they're unclean? God lives in them by his spirit. I mean, it's very much like Acts chapter 2, if you remember, where, when Pentecost happened. Um, they all started praising God, didn't they, when they received the Holy Spirit? And that's exactly what happens here. Now, this chapter, I think, is one of the most important in the Bible, the most important. And without this chapter, there'd be no global church. There'd be no global church. Um, Jewish Christians would just walk past us, uh, noses in the air, not having anything to do with us. They wouldn't associate with us, wouldn't speak to us. And the gospel would have stayed in a very small area in near around Jerusalem. We never got very far at all. Um, if this chapter, if God hadn't revealed this to Peter, we guess people in this country here, we'd never have heard about Jesus and we would therefore always be eternally unwelcomed and eternally unacceptable to God. But the massive message here is that the gospel is for all. Anyone can have relationship with God. Anyone can be welcomed and accepted by God if they trust in Jesus. We can eat with God if you like. That's what the big message is here. And so we're just going to spend a few minutes in groups having a chat about some of the implications of that before we look at the last little bit. Um, so just five minutes. Uh, questions will be on the screen. And we've got questions as well. And so, so far we've seen that the Jews thought the gospel was just for them. God says, no, no, the gospel is for all. And um, so finally... Don't oppose the God of the gospel. And God has always, always been about drawing people from the nations to himself. God has never shown favouritism. He's always welcomed and accepted people from any race, with any hair colour, who speak any language, and who come from any country. Okay? And you think about it right back at the start of the Bible with Abraham in Genesis 12. Uh, God makes promises to him. He says he promises him a land, a people, and blessing. And they are to bless the nations. That's what it's supposed to do. Bring God's blessing to the whole world. That's what it's supposed to do. And here's another bit from Isaiah. And this is what he says. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant and to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you might bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. And this is what God's always been like, wanting to bless the whole world, people from anywhere, with any culture, any race. But the problem, I guess, is you discovered as you thought about some of those questions in your group is that we just like people who are just like us, don't we? In fact, the more like me you are, the more likely we are to get on. Which is uh, horrible, isn't it, when you think about it? It's just pretty dis- But that's what we're like, isn't it? We love people who are just like us. And the Jews were no different. They love people who were just like them and so failed in shining a light to others who weren't. They didn't want to share salvation and they made up all those ludicrous rules which we looked at um, to keep the outsiders outside. Unacceptable. Uh, But God has always, always, always been about drawing people from every tribe, every nation and every tongue to himself. That's what the whole Old Testament was about. God gets this people, he chooses them not because they're good or special. He chooses them so that he might make them his own people, that they would be, what he describes, a kingdom of priests. And that they would show what God is like to the world. That was the whole point. That's why he rescued them from Egypt, so that they could tell everyone in the world just how good God was and bless the nations. That's what the whole of the Old Testament's about. 
And you think about the New Testament. Well, God himself comes down to earth in Jesus, doesn't he? To show the world that salvation can be theirs. He dies for everyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And you see, it's not just what God was doing in the Old Testament. It's not just what God was doing in the New Testament. It's what God was doing in the church right now, isn't it? All over the world, the church is to shine like a light to the people around them that they can trust in Jesus. It's what's going on right now. And actually, it's not just what's going on right now. It's not what's just going on in the past. It's where everything is headed. One day, everything will end up in this place where people from every tribe, every language, every nation, every culture, every race will be around the throne of God singing God's praises. It's where it's all going. It's what God's been doing in the past. It's what he decided to do before the creation of the world. It's what he was doing through the Old Testament. It's what he did in Christ in the New Testament. It's what he's doing in the church now. And it's where it's all headed. It's amazing, isn't it? And once Peter reported what he'd seen happen with Cornelius' family, the church right here in Acts, they get it. They finally see. Did you see that in verse 15 of chapter 11? As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them, as it had come on us at the beginning. And then I remember what the Lord had said. Jesus baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And here it is, verse 17. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ... Who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. And we need to ask God uh, to help us go with his good news about Jesus to everyone. That is what he's always been doing, it's what he always wants, and that's what everywhere everything is going. Um, the reason it came to us, me, you, people in this part of the world, um, is because that's what God wants. And his church decided to obey him. And the gospel came to this country and it spread throughout this country. And it spread to me and it spread to you. And we are proof that these verses here in Acts are true, that God doesn't have favourites. That he wants people like me and you Gentiles to be, have repentance and come to have life in Jesus. We're proof of it. And I guess the extent to which we grasp this is what God is like will be the extent to which we, we live this. See, if we think that um, the gospel is just for 21st century white middle class people, then I think what we're doing is actually we're opposing God. If that's what our real mindset is, if we think the gospel, good news about you, is only for people just like us, then we've misunderstood God, we've misunderstood the gospel, and we've misunderstood ourselves. Now, I think it's quite easy just to hang out with people who are just like us. And maybe they're the only people you ever consider talking to about Jesus. But I know that's truth in me. But I hope as we've seen from our house, it's not just those people that the gospel is for. It's for everyone and anyone. And it's not just weird to tell people about Jesus. The whole big thing, and that's as we've seen again and again, is that the church lived out this idea of being a light to the nations around them. They cared for one another. They loved one another so deeply that people looked in and thought that is brilliant and I want to be part of it and the reason the church did this was because they realised that God didn't have favourites they realised that everybody is made in the image of God 
And so verse 17, if God gave them the same gift as he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could oppose God? See, who are we to think that the good news about Jesus is just for people just like us? Who are we to think like that? Who are we to oppose what God has always been doing? And God wants us to get involved. Get involved. If you only have love for your own race, then it only leaves space to discriminate. And to discriminate only generates hate. Uh, But God sees all, whoever they are, he wants them to know that they're not far from salvation in the name of Jesus. See, if anybody should be welcoming, if anyone should be going out to others who aren't like themselves, if anyone should be breaking down barriers, it should be Christians. Why? Because that's ultimately what God has done for us. God, the one who is most totally different in Jesus, left the throne room of heaven to come down, to break down barriers, to come down to meet people who are not like him, not good, not holy, not pure, not loving. He came down to us in Jesus and he died on a cross for us. That's what he did. Because he loved us. And he wants to show us that that is what he's like. And he wants us, as those who believe in him, to have our hearts on the same thing that his heart is on. On people all over the world, any culture, any language, any, anyone who's different, to know him. It's what God's always been doing. It's what God's doing right now. And so I guess as we close, um, are you for him? Are you with him? Or are you against him? Are you on board with what God's doing? Or are you against him? Are you going to join him in this exciting reaching of the world with the good news of Jesus? Right where you are now? Or are you just going to keep it for yourself and for only those who are just like you? See, the gospel isn't just for us. God says the gospel is for all. And he will help us as we seek to take the good news of Jesus to those around us. And let me pray. I think we will do our discussion. We'll sing and uh, we'll praise the God who wants everyone to know him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for these words in, in Acts. Uh, Father, they, they show me uh, my sinfulness, uh, thinking the gospel is just for me and people like me. I guess it's true for many of us that we, we can be quite, I guess, inward focused and, and not see that certain people can't know you. Thank you that your good news is for everyone, from any country, from any culture, who wear any type of clothes, who have any, diff- any type of personality, uh, that anyone can come to saving faith if they trust in your son, Jesus. Father, help us to grasp that more and more and more, uh, to see more and more that that is what you love and what you're about, and uh, that we might get on board with what you're doing. Uh, we ask for your help. And we pray that um, in your kindness and goodness, people around us might come to know and trust you. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's sing uh, to finish a couple of great songs.